0: This is Dr. Edward Gaber. This segment is on VTE. VTE stands for venous thromboembolism and refers to pulmonary embolism with deep venous thrombosis or deep vein thrombosis. Pulmonary embolism can cause pleuritic chest pain, pain on breathing, or no chest pain at all or just rapid heart beating or faintness, or just loss of consciousness is the only symptom. One study showed a 17% risk of pulmonary embolus in patients with sudden syncope or loss of consciousness. There may be shortness of breath and or low oxygen levels. Only occasionally do we see bloody sputum. VTE is more common in people over 55, the obese and sedentary patients, especially if they're bedridden or in a plaster cast or with paralysis. Patients with active cancer are very susceptible to VTE. DVT or deep vein thrombosis in the leg can manifest as edema, redness, heat, pain, especially dependency pain with standing, deep tenderness in the calf or Hunter's canal in the mid-thigh, and a positive Hohmann's sign with calf pain with dorsiflexion of the foot. Point of care compression, also sonography, is readily available in emergency departments. My handheld ultrasound machine for use in my medical office fits in the pocket of my lab coat and shows excellent images on my iPhone. Pulmonary embolism is the most common cause of death in pregnancy. Predisposing factors are hypocoagulability, venous dilatation in the legs, pelvic vein compression by the enlarged uterus, pulsations of the right iliac artery on the left iliac vein, and vascular compression with delivery. Pulmonary embolism occurs from clots from the legs or pelvic deep vein thrombosis. Air embolism and amniotic fluid embolism is rare in pregnancy. With pregnancy and up to six weeks post delivery in women, heterozygous for antithrombin 3 and protein C and protein S deficiency, DVT, is common. One study showed an 18% chance of DVT during pregnancy and a 33% chance post-delivery in women with type 2 antithrombin 3 deficiency, 7% and 19% for protein C deficiency, and 0% and 17% for protein S deficient women. Leiden factor 5 is present in 5% of Caucasians, and if heterogeneous, increases the chance of DVT from 1 per thousand per year to about 6 per thousand per year. In 1%, the Leiden mutation is homozygous and gives an 80 per thousand per year incidence of clotting. Not everyone with Leiden factor expresses the clotting abnormalities, however. Factor 2, the prothrombin 20210A mutation, increases the chance of DVT to 2.5 per thousand per year for one copy and 20 per thousand per year for two copies. There is a much higher risk in patients that have the combination of both factor 5. In factor two defects. Women on oral contraceptives or oral estrogen progesterone replacement patients have a 1 in 600 chance of VTE over f- every five years and a 1 in 66,000 chance from VTE causing death every five years. But women on estrogen progesterone who have Leiden have a 1 in 14,000 chance over a five-year period of dying from VTE. Doing blood tests, however, to find these genetic abnormalities of clotting prior to pregnancy, or prior to initiation of estrogen, or prior to high-risk surgery or prolonged immobilization is only recommended if the patient has several first-degree relatives with VTE before age 50. This is because the congenital clotting abnormalities are either rare or poorly expressed as disease. The Wells criteria at medcalc.com can be used to judge the probability of DVT, but it cannot be used for upper extremity DVTs. Upper extremity DVTs, by the way, have about a 6% chance of pulmonary umbyli. Whereas proximal lower extremity DVT has about a 32% chance. If VTE is felt unlikely, the PERC rule, P E R C, Pulmonary Embolism out Criteria, is also on medcalc.com and can be used. If none of the eight PERC criteria are present, there is a less than 1% chance of pulmonary embolism. The criteria are age over 50, pulse rate 100 or more, oxygen saturation less than 95%, one-sided leg edema, blood in the sputum, recent trauma or operation, recent pulmonary embolus or DVT, estrogen use, Also, if pulmonary embolus is less likely, it can be ruled out without the need of further testing by the age-adjusted D-dimer test, age times 10 nanograms per milliliter. However, the D-dimer test is less accurate during pregnancy as it gradually increases over time in a normal pregnancy and normalizes six weeks postpartum. The CTA, chest with contrast is the gold standard for diagnosing pulmonary emboli. If IV contrast is contraindicated because of kidney insufficiency or the danger of kidney failure with contrast in myeloma patients or with severe allergy to iodinated contrast, anticoagulation can be started and a nuclear VQ scan can be done in the morning if a patient presents in the evening. However, the VQ scan may be worthless if the patient has a lot of pulmonary infiltrates. If so, the patient still should be treated for pulmonary emboli without evidence. Contrast may be given in contrast allergic patients with steroid prophylaxis. If Doppler ultrasound shows proximal vein, lower extremity DVT, and the PERC test is positive, that's enough for many doctors to treat for probable pulmonary emboli without doing a CT of the chest and exposing the patient to radiation and IV contrast. However, a negative Doppler ultrasound of the lower extremity veins does not exclude pulmonary emboli, as clots can travel from other places in the body, such as deep vein deep pelvic veins. Patients without massive pulmonary emboli, and almost all patients with DVT, can be treated as an outpatient with DOACs They are very effective and have a quick onset of action. Morbidly obese patients may fail DOACs perhaps because the drug is diluted throughout their body and they need Coumadin. Xarelto must be taken with food for better absorption. Antifungals, HIV treatment, and anti-seizure drugs such as Dilantin and Tegretol can interfere with DOAX. Dox cannot be used with significant kidney disease, antiphospholipid syndrome, heparin induced thrombocytopenia, or splanchnic vein thrombosis. Low molecular weight. Heparin should be used in cancer patients with VTE, but DOAX are suggested in patients that refuse to do low molecular heparin injections daily, which is almost all patients. Patients with cancer and low platelet counts are treated with lower-dose low molecular heparin unless they have HIT, as suggested by their 4T score suggesting heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Cuminin is contraindicated during pregnancy except in women with mechanical heart valves. Cuminin can cause skin necrosis in patients with protein C deficiency. GI bleeding secondary to Cuminin is the number one cause of adverse drug event mortality in hospitalized Medicare patients. In pregnancy, low weight heparin is the drug of choice and is continued for six weeks postpartum for prevention and three weeks postpartum for the treatment of VTE. IVC filters are only used in patients now with an absolute contraindication to anticoagulation. Complications and increased overall mortality occur with IVC filters. Temporarily retrievable IBC filters are used for new pelvic or proximal vein thrombosis after 37 weeks of pregnancy because of their higher likelihood of pulmonary embolism during labor. Isolated distal leg DVT and isolated segmental pulmonary emboli without DVT need not be treated. If superficial vein thrombosis is above the knee, extensive or severe, close to the sapheno-femoral vein junction, associated with a recent operation or five centimeters or more in the lower leg. We treat with six weeks of Xarelto, 20 milligrams a day, and ultrasound every two weeks times three to look for progression into the deep veins. Remember, the popliteal vein is a proximal vein. For major provoked DVT from surgery or trauma, only three months anticoagulation is recommended. For unprovoked DVT or minor provoked DVT, minor unprovoked being from pregnancy, minor surgery, long car trips, or immobilization, we anticoagulate for three months and then give low-dose Eliquis or Xarelto, 10 milligrams a day of Xarelto forever, unless there is a high risk of bleeding as determined by the 2016 chest guidelines, as the risk of recurrence within 5 years is 30% in unprovoked and 15% in minor unprovoked. There may be a modification of this recommendation for women under 65 with BMIs less than 30 without post syndrome and D-dimers less than 250 micrograms per liter after six months of anticoagulation. We don't use the has bled gu- has-bled guidelines as they were designed for atrial fibrillation patients. Patients with DVT associated with cancer or clotting problems with thrombophilia are treated the same way as patients in the unprovoked category. The splenic veins include the portal, mesenteric, and splenic veins. The most common sites of thrombosis are the portal and mesenteric veins, and the least common is the hepatic veins with Budd-Chiari syndrome. Splenic vein thrombosis is a much less common and unusual site for VTE. Budd-Chiari syndrome can quickly cause liver necrosis, liver failure, and death. It is more common in Asian women in their 20s and 30s. Mortality from mesenteric vein thrombosis is 20% within 30 days secondary to bowel infarction. Use of reversal agents for bleeding with DOACs show no better outcomes. Use 2.5 milligrams of oral vitamin K if there's no bleeding and if the INR is over 10, With Coumadin overdose. Use prothrombin complex concentrate or FFP and vitamin K 5 to 10 milligrams IV for life threatening bleeding or urgent surgery. Download the MAPPP app for perioperative care in anticoagulated patients. Catheter directed thrombolysis of DVT is only recommended for the patients with threatened limb loss. Post thrombotic syndrome is not reduced by thrombolysis. And thrombolysis will not prevent pulmonary emboli or death from PE or prevent recurrent DVT. And thrombolysis has a bleeding risk. Thrombolysis of a pulmonary embolus is only recommended with massive pulmonary emboli with systolic blood pressure less than 90. It is not recommended for patients with submassive pulmonary emboli, even with right ventricular dysfunction and elevated cardiac enzymes. Thrombolysis is not frequently recommended as subsequent intracranial hemorrhage or GI bleeding may outweigh the benefits, and the two-year mortality and right ventricular dysfunction is no different. I hope this discussion has been helpful.